0: God reigns, amen? Go ahead and open in your Bibles, in the Old Testament, to 1 Kings, 1 Kings 18, 1 Kings chapter 18, and we are going to continue in our kind of series that we started. We started with uh, Ashley, my wife, preaching an amazing message uh, about having the fire of God's presence in our home, having God's presence, you know, God welcome in our homes and and the wholeness that comes when, when He dwells among us and when we're open to Him. And so uh, that picture of, of fire, we begin to look at the Scriptures where God shows up as a fire. So last week we looked at... Uh, the first time God shows up with Abraham, and He makes a, and God makes a covenant with Abraham, and so it was. It's a, it's pointing us to God's covenant that He has made with us, and uh, then He had you had Moses with the burning bush, and that was where we got a commission. And so whenever we get with God and we have His fire burning in us and in our families, in our homes, He's going to give us a mission. He's going to give us a mission a mission that He's going to join us on, that He's going to be with us in, that He's going to call us to, that He's going to empower us to. And then we also looked at the picture of God in the desert when He was the, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire by night, and He led the, the Israelites through the wilderness. And so there's, there's direction, and then there was also the time where, when God came between them and the Egyptians, and there was protection. And so today, we're not going to the next one. I'm just going to another one. Just, I really just felt led to go go to this one this morning, and so uh, we'll see how that goes. I think it's going to go good because God's word is good. So, First Kings eighteen. This is going to be the 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 account of Elijah and the prophets of Baal and the fire. <laughs> Excuse me, the fire coming from heaven, and so this is this is amazing. Uh, I hesitate to call it a story because sometimes people think when you hear a story, it's not true. This is a historical account of what happened when Elijah called on God. So 1 Kings 18, let's go ahead and read it and then we'll start, we'll pull a few things from it this morning. Uh, Just to give you a little background, Elijah is a prophet to the king of Israel, to Israel and the king at that time, his name is Ahab and his wife's name is called Jezebel. Anybody ever heard of Jezebel? Okay, it's not a very common name to give out to someone because she was a very wicked queen. And so she did all this terrible stuff. And so, uh, you know, don't just go through the Bible and pick any name, okay? It's good to (laughs) maybe research what it means or what it stands for. Um, Sometimes that's a good idea. So Jezebel, so Ahab and Jezebel, if you remember, there there was one kingdom under David the people of Israel and then after David under his son the kingdom split and there was 10 tribes in one and two tribes in the other and they began to be called Judah and Israel okay and so this is Israel this is the 10 tribes every single king in Israel was bad every single one of them in Judah it was a it was a mix mix, mix and match there were some good and some bad But every single king of Israel was evil and didn't follow God. And so, but in that, God always had a prophet. God always had somebody that was speaking the truth. God always had somebody that was trying to say, Hello, what are you doing? In so many words, calling them to repentance, you know. And Elijah was an amazing prophet. Not only was he a prophet of God, but he did, he did miracles. There were miraculous things that happened around him. He was so full of God's presence that, you know, people would come back to life. And there would be amazing things that would be, be happening. So this is another one of those. So Elijah goes to the king and he presents a challenge. I mean, this is how you know that you're spiritually bold here, is if you pull a thing like, like Elijah did here. He, pull, he says, I want, I want you to come... To the mountain, and we're going to have a contest to see which God is real, because the people have been worshiping other gods, not the one true God, not, not Yahweh, Jehovah, who sent his son Jesus later. So, that's where we're at, so we're right at the contest, uh, maybe a familiar story to you. Verse 16, uh, or no, verse, verse 20, excuse me, 18 and verse 20, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the word of God as we read it, Amen. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. If Baal, that was the God they were worshiping, it was an idol that they made sacrifices to and did all kinds of stuff. If Baal is God, then follow Him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let them choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but do not set fire to it. I'll prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. So Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bowls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bowl, given them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. That's a long time. "O Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. I kind of like this part. You know, this is called, uh, in sports, it's called trash talk. Okay? So if some of you are sports people. So Elijah starts trash talking in the middle of the contest here. And he says, hey, shout louder, he said. Surely he's a god. Perhaps he's in deep thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. In some of the translations, it even says he said, hey, maybe he's in the bathroom. You know, he can't, you know, he's busy. So they shouted louder. And it says they began to cut themselves or slash themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time "...for the evening sacrifice, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. And they came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord, which was in ruins." Tells you the spiritual state of them at that point. And so Elijah took twelve stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two says of seed. That's uh, 13 quarts or so, several gallons. And then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. We'll stop there. One thing I forgot to mention was there's a, there's a drought going on right now. So when, when Elijah asked for water, that's like a rare deal. Like they, they don't have a lot of water. They're running out of water because there's, it hasn't rained for several years. And so he said, Fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it the third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord! He is God! The Lord! He is God. And we'll, we'll stop there. And the story continues to go on, but we'll, we're just going to stop there. And so then they, they kill all the prophets, and uh, there's kind of a little revival that happens briefly in Israel. It's not for the king, not for Ahab and Jezebel. But as we as we look at this, there's a, this is an amazing encounter where God shows up again with fire. Where I mean, this is one of this is another one of the, the Blu-rays that I, I want to check out when I get to heaven. I mean, I don't know if you get you get a subscription list or what, but you know, I, I want to see that. I want to see what this really looked like, you know. And you're like, yeah, duh, the fire came down, and everybody's like, uh, we're gonna go ahead and worship God. <laughs> Hello, hello, yes, we're going to do that. But looking at this as, as symbolically as when God's presence shows up, this, this was about a decision. This was about, this was about allegiance. You notice when Elijah started, uh, he said, Hey, choose between God here. Hey, if Baal is God, then go ahead and follow him. If that's working out for you, if you think He's real, if He's answering, if He's supernaturally powerful, if He's blessing your life, if He's good and doing good things for you, then go ahead and worship Him. But if Yahweh or Jehovah, the Lord, is God, then you need to, work, you need to follow Him. But don't go back and forth. Don't go in the middle. Don't go halfway. You've got to go all in. You know, there's power in making a choice to follow God 100%. There's something that happens. Now, sometimes we, you know, in, in church we get stuck in religion and it's just kind of, we, we get stuff that's just, that has no life in it. But, but when, man, when God's 100%, good things happen. It doesn't, I didn't say it was easy. <laughs> it may actually be harder. There's going to be enemies surrounding you. There's going to be things that are going to be happening, but God's still preparing the table before you. But you're going to have to face some opposition. But, but, but you're, you're blessed. You're, you're at peace. You're, you're satisfied. And, and Elijah here is, is calling the people to 100%. One of the translations I read, the English Standard Version, the ESV, says this, Stop limping between choices. In other words, they're like, you know, stop limping about this. Stop, stop you know, not, not fully engaging in your decision. You, know, you kind of make the, the politician decision. Well, you know, we're going to do this, but we might do this, and we want to uh, da, da, da. If you, you hear politicians talk. You know, you, the question comes, and then you're like, I don't know what just happened. But they tried to make everybody happy. I was happy for part of it not happy for another part. What, what did they say? Nothing, most likely, but <laughs> that's, another, that's another message. So we don't want to get distracted by that. So there, Elijah was calling them to a choice. And there, it's a choice to say, God is 100% in my family. It, it's a choice. You have to make a decision and you have to make choices to say, God, I am I'm aligned with you. My allegiance is with Jesus. Jesus. You know, there's, there's no compromise. When, when you make that decision, there's, there's something that happens. And you may not have fire descend from heaven on your home, thankfully, but there's something from heaven that happens. There's a response from God when we say, yes, God, I am totally yours. Who is making that response in this story? It's Elijah. Elijah was the one that was fully committed to God. Elijah was the one that was, was following the Lord. Elijah was the one that was empowered by God. And when we have the presence of God, when God is welcome in our home, and He is Lord, He's not just one of the options. You know, in the, in the Hindu religion... Okay, I'm going to go here. In the Hindu religion... My wife's not in here to help me. She's sometimes scary. So... <laughs> Shane's here. <laughs> what, is that what you're saying or she's up there? Oh, you're saying Shane's here. Shane's here to help me. Okay, thank you, Shane, my friend. So, like, this sig- this signal is like the stop. Okay? I don't think it's going to be in trouble. But in the Hindu religion, they have lots and lots of gods. There's, a, there's hundreds and possibly even thousands. And so, how it works is if you find another god, you just add them to the list. You know, the, you just... Include them in, in your rituals and in your, you know, prayers as it, as it would be. Um, you know, you, you add them on to the list. So they join the list because you want to make sure and please every single one of them. I mean, it's very kind of confusing and could be, wow, that would be hard. Like, did I miss number 463 today or not, you know? <laughs> but that, that's, the, that's the idea is, is that there's a lot of different gods that we have to pay attention to. That's that's a very simple summary. If you know about Hinduism, I'm just really simplifying it down. Um, sometimes in the United States of America, as Christians, we, we kind of get a little Hinduish. Because we just we just add Jesus to the list. You know, he's just one of the options. You know, sometimes I can take care of it on my own, I'm gonna do it my way. And then other times when that's not working out, well, yeah, then I pray. Then I turn to God. And so in that, Jesus isn't really Lord. And that's the thing about Jesus. He's an all or nothing. It's either Lord or not. Jesus is, you know, because if someone's Lord, that means they're the master. They're the, ones that's, they're the one that's in charge. They're the one that calls the shot. We don't like having lords in the United States of America because we want our rights, we want our choice, we want our voice. Why do you think social media is so popular? You know, Facebook and Twitter, because I want to say something about everything, right? And people say things about everything. We know everybody's opinion on everything because I want to have a say, but Jesus says, look, my say is it. Only what I post on Twitter counts. Everything else doesn't matter. (laughs) Some of you older people are like, what's Twitter? (laughs) Sorry, you know you're old if you don't know what Twitter is. Oh, okay, Shane. (laughs) But that's Jesus being Lord. That's what it means to cultivate the fire of God in our homes, in our households is that Jesus is Lord. You know, in the Bible, it talks about the fear of the Lord. Have you ever heard that phrase? And the fear of the Lord is not this. The fear of the Lord, I don't believe, is not being afraid of God. It's not like, oh my gosh. Because everybody who feared the Lord in the Bible got closer to God. When Moses, when it says, when God appeared on the mountain in fire in the book of Exodus. It said Moses, It said all the people ran away. But it said Moses feared God, so he went up. The fear of God, I think, is simply this. What God th- thinks and feels and wants to do matters most in my life. That He's Lord. That He's, that he's numero uno. It just, it just doesn't work when he's one of the options. I mean, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. If, it's not, if he's not first, then it doesn't work. That's why people try things. Well, let me try that out. I'm going to try Christianity. You can't try Christianity. It's either all in or all out. Because it's, Jesus has to be Lord. It doesn't work unless he's Lord. That's the way he designed it. He said, look, this is the way life was meant to be. I'm the king. That way you come into my realm. You come into my blessing. You come into everything that my kingdom has. You know, in the book of Joshua, Joshua said it like this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Matthew 16, Jesus said it this way. I got this one on the screen for you. We can look at it together. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Jesus is just saying the same thing. I'm number one. (laughs) And you have to follow me. You have to die to yourself sometimes. You know, we don't like to die to things. We don't like to die to our sometimes our selfish desires. But that's where life works best is when I say, God, I'm going to lay that down. I'm going to let your fire burn. And then, you know, usually I find out after I'm done, I'm like, why, why was that so important? Why was that so hard? I don't... Why? This is so much better. This is so much better. But sometimes we have, we have you know, compartments in our lives where we... You know, go, we're, we're, we're holding back. We're like, man, I don't want to go, I don't want to get too radical, right? I don't want to be one of those crazy people for Jesus, right? Or well, some of you are like, I am those, one of those crazy people for Jesus. But, you know, we have those thoughts like, well, what's going to happen to me if I, whatever, as I follow God? Well, what, I don't know what's going to happen to you. You might end up being crazy, but it's going to be good. It's going to be a good kind of crazy. <laughs> it's going to be a good thing to have Him as Lord. So that's the first thing. I want to, the second thing I want us to look at is this. In verse 30, it's such a powerful picture. And I believe when God's presence is in our home, something happens just like this. It's when Elijah repaired the altar. I think it was a quiet moment. It was like, there was like a, a hush when he said, Come over here. And then, I, then it's, it's like a... This is like, it was like a holy moment, I believe, for Elijah, where he said okay, I'm going I'm to repair the altar here of God. We're, we're going we're to go back to something that we lost. And so sometimes that's what happens when we cultivate God's presence in our lives and we're asking Him to be Lord and we're saying, God, do these things. We're remembering the covenant. He's giving us direction in our families. But God will bring us back to some things and say, this needs to be restored. This needs to come back in your life. You know, you may have let it go a long time ago, but it needs to come back. You need to return to this. Uh, I think it also can symbolize, sometimes there's just things in our life that are just broken, and God says, I'm gonna, I need to repair that. I need to restore that. I need to, I, need to, I need to take that and make it the way it was meant to be. Anybody got anything broken? Yeah? We got some, we got some broken stuff where God comes in when we're, when we're welcoming to His presence in our lives, when He's first, and He says, okay, now I can do something with this. Now I, can, I, now I can make this in your life what it was meant to be. You tried to do it on your own. You tried some other things. You looked at the other gods. You had the other options over here. The other things that you followed and you did what they said and it didn't work. And now there's just, there's just some rubble here. But, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to rebuild that. And so Elijah began to, to rebuild the altar of the Lord. And so there, there's two things. There's, there's one, sometimes there's, there's things that God calls us to that we let go of, you know? He says, hey, start doing this. And we do it for a while. And then we just say, oh, that's not important anymore. And God says, I never said to stop that. Right. And so sometimes we have to return to that thing and say, God, please forgive me. Let me let's let deal with that. Let's bring that back to life. You know, sometimes that's the key, key for us is God is bringing us back to something we already did. Sometimes it's a brand new thing. It's, it's, You've got to hear his voice. Thankfully, he... He, he teaches us to hear Him. And the other thing is that those broken things, those things that need to be restored, those things that, that have been torn down, that have been neglected in our lives, where God says, I'm going to come. And now, as my presence fills you in your home, and maybe there's things in your family, just in your, in your family that God says, I need, to, I need to repair that. I need to restore that. I need to make that right. I'm going to make it like it's supposed to be. We have to understand that God's greater than our failure. God's greater than than the brokenness that we have in our lives. And when we we invite him in, when we welcome him in, that's what he's that's what he wants, is just the we don't have to have the answers. He wants the welcome to come where he can go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna rebuild this. We're gonna we're gonna take the the stones and put them together to arrange them like they meant to be. Isn't it interesting that he took the twelve stones for one of each of the twelve families? of Israel. That's ultimately what they were. Those were just the tribes were families. And he restored the families in the proper place. And God wants God wants all of our families, all of our households to be restored to their proper place. And the third thing is this it's so interesting to me that everybody did what Elijah said. I mean, all these people that weren't following God, he says, hey, come to the mountain. Okay, (laughs) come to the mountain. Hey, we're going to have a contest. Okay, you go first. Okay, I'm going to give you six hours to do it. Okay, you're done. Okay. Then he says, hey, bring me a bunch of water. I know it's a drought but bring me four bar- jar- jars of water. Now dump it on the sacrifice. Okay. Do it again. Yes, sir. Do it again. Okay. Man, when you're, when you're following God and you're bold, people listen. People listen. You know, one translation here, I don't remember what verse it is. Um, it's, uh, verse 37 says, Answer from heaven, Lord, so that these people will know your God, and so that they will know that I am doing everything you say. In other words, this wasn't Elijah's idea. It wasn't birth in Elijah. This was birthed in the heart of God. It wasn't like Elijah said, Man, I really want to really beat somebody at a contest today, I mean, I like to win. Does it, who likes to win? Who likes to lose? <laughs> Anybody? Okay, now we all like to win. Okay, most of the, most, some of us don't like to compete because we're like, I don't want the stress of, you know, somebody winning. But, that, <laughs> and I might lose. <laughs> That's just the fear of losing. That doesn't mean you like losing. That's just the fear of losing. So, you know, it wasn't like Elijah just said, Man, I just want to kick some spiritual whatever today, okay? I'm going to show these people what's up. I'm going to show who's God. No, this is God that spoke to him and said, This is, this is how I'm going to touch my people. And so sometimes God, when God gives you a vision, be bold in that. When God speaks to you, be bold in what He's telling you to do. Step out. I mean, was Elijah stepping out? His neck was way out there. It was really long. It was ready to be chopped off. Hey, we're going to pray and God's going to answer from heaven, whichever one. I mean, you know, everybody's thinking the odds are they both say something and nothing happens, right? And then we all go home and we keep having the argument about who's God. Nothing's resolved. I mean, Elijah had to know this was God, but he knew it was God, and so he was bold, and he began to step out, and he took charge of the situation and said, because he knew, I'm speaking for God. And we can do the same thing. doesn't necessarily mean we're going to be ordering a bunch of people around. You know, that's, that's not what it was about. It was about doing what God called him to do. So when the Lord speaks to you, be bold, when He's leading you into something, be bold, because His power is with you. Step out in faith, take the risk, and as Jacob, who's not here, says, you've got to cross the chicken line. You've got to step across that chicken line. Right, Bill? We step across the chicken line. You know, and so if you don't make it the first time, get it the next time. You know, we've all had times where we don't step out, where we knew God was telling us, and you're like, no, Lord, please, please, God, please, God, send somebody else. We're just like Moses. We're just like all those guys. We're like, okay, that's great, Lord. I am all for that plan. Please, please send Terry. (laughs) It doesn't matter which one. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Just send somebody. Look, there's Shane. Shane's awesome. Send Shane. You know, but uh, Isaiah didn't say, Here am I, send Shane. (laughs) Here am I, send Dennis. He said, Here am I, Lord. Send me. That's the heart that's cultivating the fire of God. God wants to do amazing things in your household, in your family. But one of the beginning points is your allegiance, your 100% commitment to say, I'm making this decision. I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Sometimes we have to make that decision daily. We make it with little decisions that we make, where we say, Jesus, you're Lord. You know where we go? We have that decision to like... You can go with your feelings, or you can go with what you know is right and God's telling you, and you're so tempted, right? It's like, oh, come on now, am I just the one? I said, a Gary, I got a Gary Coe, come on now out of that. Come on now. You know, like where you're just like, I don't really feel like it. And God said, thanks for checking in. I, did, I didn't ask if you felt like it. You know, as Bill Johnson said, I think my wife repeated it, when you obey God, that's when the feelings follow. If you wait to follow your feelings, your feelings will carry you into deception. They'll carry you wherever you don't want to go. And so I'm not waiting on my feelings. I'm not waiting to get hyped up about it. You know, I'm not always hyped up about everything that God says, but I am moved in my heart, and I want to have His heart And I want to step out in faith. And as I do that, God's going to begin to work. He's going to begin to put the stones back together. He's going to call us back to some things. There's some of you in here where God has spoken to you, as I'm saying that, where He's saying, remember that thing. Remember that time. Remember that. You need to go back to that. You need to start doing that again. It might be praying for someone. It might be, you know, you used to read a certain scripture every day over your family. I don't know what it is. But God's saying, hey, remember that thing. And you did it for a while, but you stopped. You need to go back to that. You need to rebuild that altar, as it were, symbolically. You need to go back to that and allow God to restore us. And then if God speaks to you, know that, be bold, that He's called you to do it. He's going to answer with His fire. He's going to answer in His way as you follow Him. I'm expecting God to do amazing things. I'm expecting God, Ronnie, to do the supernatural. But I had... But God does the supernatural in partnership with His people. There was no mountain contest unless Elijah called it. It wasn't going to happen. The people weren't just going to show up there and go, I wonder if God's God. No, they weren't paying attention. It was somebody who who God got a hold of who obeyed God, who said, I'm going to step out, I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to follow God and see what happens. Amen? Let's stand. Let's stand up. I want us to just, just kind of respond to God on our own. Just, just kind of open up our hearts. Holy Spirit, we just choose to open our hearts to you right now. We thank you for speaking to us, Lord. We declare, Lord, I just declare wholeness over every family, Lord. I really feel like you even showed me some specific things, God. That you are, you are bringing restoration of relationships right now. We declare wholeness in marriages, God. I declare wholeness in relationship between between parents and children, God, where there's those children that have walked away from you or parents that have walked away from you or there's been disunity or hurt or anger, God, we just declare wholeness in families right now that you would bring restoration, God, as we put you first, as we seek you first, we know that all these things are going to be added, that you're going to begin to work in hearts, and so we declare that over lives, God, we thank you, we choose to believe what you say rather than what we feel or what we hear around us, we are going to listen to what your word is, and we thank you for that, in the name of Jesus, help us be bold. Lord, I pray for a release of boldness over... Every single person in here, God, that we won't be afraid to step out. Whatever you're leading us to do, it might be, it might seem like a small thing, but we got to step out and obey in the little things, and then God gives us the bigger things. If we're faithful in little, then we'll be faithful in much. And so we thank you, God, as we continue to obey you daily, as we make the hard choices daily to follow you, God. We thank you that more will come, and we'll see your hand in our lives, and we'll go, that couldn't have happened unless God showed up. And so we thank you for your, your power and your presence being released in our lives. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Lord, burn a fire in our hearts, Lord, that won't go away, that won't stop, that won't, that won't be hindered by, by our feelings, Lord, that won't be hindered by things coming against us in opposition. We stand for you and with you and in you in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. Lord, we thank You for that, God. We thank You in Jesus' name. All right. That's your marching orders for the week. This is the line. So be blessed and go in His presence. If you need prayer, grab somebody or come up here and, and pray with one another before you go.